Hey, everybody, this is the voice of Ring of Honor, Ian Riccoboni, and you're listening to Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. Well, we are live, pals, and welcome to another edition of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler, the bill after sealed of approval, Count It Out with Mike and Tyler, that is. My name is Tyler, and I am joined by the one and only Mike. Mike, how the hell are you, buddy? Um, first of all, if you could watch your language, I'd appreciate it. Um, I'm going to try really hard to watch my language because I've been told I swear too much on this podcast. My mother was very unimpressed with you (laughs) swearing so much. So I'm very, very sorry, uh, 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 Tyler's mom. Um, I will behave myself for the rest of this fucking show. All right. For that. Guy can't just tell. He can't help himself, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we love you, Mike. You're a one of a kind. And let's just hope that it's only a one of a kind of you. It's funny. I, uh, she thinks this is bad. Uh, I recently sent you an old episode of The Lasting Mark so you could uh, listen to uh, my interview with Tommy Dreamer. And I sat down and I listened to the show for the first time in two years. <laughs> There's stuff on there that would even make you be like, okay, so we're not going to do this anymore. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, we got a lot we're going to get into here. We're going to start with something that you could have a lot in common with if you don't watch your mouth, and that's being released. Um, <laughs> a terrible segue. I shouldn't joke about something so bad, and I feel like this is becoming a yearly tradition now, which I hope stops. It but, has uh, for a long time. It, it, like I, I don't know why anybody was surprised. after The week after WrestleMania, they fired people. It's been happening to the day for last. years is, and years. Well, but they haven't done it for a while, and they did it last year, and then one year later to the day. Oh, to the day. <laughs> so we're going to do... And it wasn't gonna... as bad this year, I would say. No, it wasn't as bad. The numbers weren't as bad. Well, how about this? Before we get into how about with this? Before we get into who got released this year, we'll talk a little bit about where we want to see them go. Uh, let's talk about WrestleMania really quick because we didn't get to do that yeah. last week. What were your thoughts on the show overall, both nights? Uh, overall, you put both nights together. Um, I'm going to give that a solid B plus A minus show, yeah. man. Uh, Yes, they, there there was a few matches that meh for me, but it's hard not to in a fucking what was it collectively probably a six hour show. Yeah, I would say but, about that. Yeah, so 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 you're gonna have a stinker too, but uh, even the stinkers weren't bad. No, nope. to be perfectly honest, um, you know the the matches that you think were going to suck, like the cage match, wasn't that bad. Yeah, I was, I was actually, and you know, uh, and if you guys listen to the preview that we talked about, I was not excited about that match at all, and and it, it you know, surpassed my expectations as low as they were. It was a lot more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. Even the match people are bitching and complaining about, uh, uh, I actually enjoyed, and that's Randy versus the Fiend. Yeah, not my cup of tea. I the was, the uh, the finish was a bit fucky, but I enjoyed the match up until the finish. And I, I want to just kind of take my tip my cat a little bit to the WWE tip my cat or my cap. I'm going to probably tip my cap, but I do have two cats. Shout out to Lucy and Mia. That's I'm not sure Adam. you're supposed to tip them. Uh, to the WWE as a whole for a fantastic week. 
a fantastic week of wrestling between the Hall of Fame, which, you know, it wasn't the uh, best Hall of Fame, but I liked that it was a little shorter. Um, yeah. The NXT shows were fantastic, leading right into WrestleMania. You know, if, if you didn't enjoy what the WWE put out last week, just stop fucking watching wrestling. Uh, no shit. Um, I'm very shame, ashamed to say that I still haven't yet to watch the two NXT pay-per-views. Oh, you're missing out, man. Yeah, I just didn't have time through that week, uh, you know, leading up to it. I had to put in a lot of extra work hours to get my WrestleMania weekend off. So it just didn't work out like that for me. Um, and then afterwards, we had a lot of, we're going to talk about this. We had a busy goddamn week. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, if you don't and, have the time to watch everything, Mike, I highly recommend watching Pete Dunn and Kushida, Walter yeah. and Champa, uh, Kyrian Cross and Finn Balor, as well as uh, the, the main event with the women, uh, Shirai and Gonzalez. They were all fantastic matches. I've heard nothing but great things with all those matches. I can't wait to watch them. I'm not putting it off because I don't want to, I don't want to see them. Just a lot of stuff going on, and wrestling doesn't stop, man. There's been ROH. There's been, you know, there's there's, there's been a lot of stuff. So, uh, you know, and Impact's not doing that bad either, you know. So I I've been catching stuff. So yeah. um, eventually I will go back and watch it. Well, and I do promise what, everybody. What this... was? Oh, go ahead. Sure, go ahead. No, no, you go. I was going to segue to something different. Uh, before we're done WrestleMania, I want to ask uh, uh, your highlight of the weekend. Um. Of the like of the WrestleMania weekend, I, I'd say that my favorite match was probably uh, Cesaro and and Seth Rollins. I think was fantastic. It was nice to see Cesaro finally get to showcase what, that talent on that. I stage. mean, what did we say? We said we said that these two guys need to go out and steal the show. They went out and stole the show. Mm -hmm. It's it doesn't surprise anybody. Uh, it was either going to be them or it was going to be uh, Steen and Generico. Yeah, so, and they had a great match too. And they had a great match too. So one of those two matches were going to steal WrestleMania. I, I we both, you know, we and you you could argue for either really. Well, and of course Roman Reigns getting put over strong in the main event. I like that as much as I, I like the way they did it. A lot of people, including friend of the show Adam Contant, did not like the finish. I like the finish now, technically i have no problem with jay uso getting involved in that i don't technically though did edge not pin daniel oh, bryan i don't want to hear this shit such a stupid i'm just saying though. no no he didn't why not he was on top of him was but we're as your shoulders down i don't remember i was blackout drunk by that point not if the you... way it works either way let's uh let's segue over i do promise everybody this is actually a ring of honor show we're going to be joined by the ring of honor ambassador carrie silken very shortly uh for an awesome conversation we had uh, minus the wi-fi issues which we'll, I we'll get into that right before right before we go into it we'll, we'll, we'll tell you a little bit about preparing for this show but, but before yeah. we get to our ring of honor portion of the show and by the way mike this week uh card is subjected to change uh, mike is counting down the top top seven ring of honor television champions of all time this week yes we are yes i am yeah. let's let's just talk quickly about the people that got released here i've got the names written down uh i'll i'll say a name and then we'll say where we think that we'd like them to go and if you were surprised by it and we'll start with the big one uh, samoa joe where i <laughs> i want him to go or where i think he's gonna go well give me um, just your take on it we'll bang through these quick gotta be ROH man it has to be ROH there's two major things I would give to him to do in ROH I'd be happy for both um, number one he could be the man that goes in and says no Roosh <laughs> you're not going to be the longest champion ever I'm here now Yeah, that'd be a great spot for him 
or against or, Shane Taylor. Good, but he is a former pure champion. You should you put him up against Gresham. Great match. Great match. Great story. Great. Oh man. Uh, I'd like to see Joe go. go I'd like to see Joe go to Ring of Honor. Can you name a better place to end his career than ROH? No. I mean, like, I'd like to see him go to either Ring of Honor. Obviously, AEW is appealing as well. There's a lot of nice matchups for him there. And I know you're not the biggest AEW fan, but Joe against Hangman Page would be great. Joe and Kenny Omega. I see nothing appealing for me, Joe over there. I don't. I don't see a lot of these people uh, heading over to AEW. I just I don't think AEW should touch a lot of these people because they're starting to get that TNA rub where they just sign yep. all the fire WWE guys, and that's not a good look for them. It's not. How about Mickey James? NWA. Yeah, I like. I think that'd be perfect for her. And, and I know people are going to laugh me going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," just because her husband works there. Yeah, because her husband works there, and they're going to be a great couple. They're going to. It's going to be awesome. And it can lead to some great matches between her and Camille. Yeah, you know uh, what I mean. It, it, it's 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 they need to build that women's division up uh, a little bit more. And what better way to do it with them with a veteran like Mickey James? I gotta tell you, if I am AEW, this is who I want to scoop up to try to bring some credibility to my women's division because that, that's yeah. been the one thing with AEW. Everyone always knocks their women division, and it's been pretty good lately. So I'm not gonna knock it. But adding a veteran like that to the roster to help establish some of these younger talents that are still trying to get over, I think would be a great move. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I don't think it'd be a good move for, I, I think it would be a better move for AEW than it would be for Mickey. Yeah, fair. What about Kalisto? Kalisto, I could see him either going to AEW. Uh, I could see him going to AEW. I could see him going to ROH or I could see him going to AAA. I could yeah. see him doing a lot of things. Uh, I could see him in that, him. Uh, the junior division in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think would be a good fit for him as well. That would be a great place for him. I ne- You know what? When I was thinking this whole thing through before, I never once thought of uh, the, that, that new division or even um, uh, New Japan Strong. How about uh, Chelsea Green? Chelsea Green, sorry. Oh, it, it's pretty much written in stone that she's going to impact. Yeah, she's, like all, she's already started putting out pictures of herself in, um, what was her gimmick? Lauren, Lauren Van Nice, I La- think. Laurel Van Nice. Uh, you know, she's already been putting pictures about, uh, of her in that gimmick again. Um, it only makes sense. Her husband works there. Uh, uh, she built a career there. Um, it only makes sense for her to go back to impact. I'm going to group these next three together because I just, I don't know where any of them are going to go. And that's Tucker Knight, Mojo Riley, and Wesley Blake. Okay. Uh, Wesley Blake. Who? Yeah. yeah. Tucker, I think is the dark horse here. Tucker's extremely talented and people don't realize it because he was stuck in that tag team for so long. I could see him going anywhere and succeeding, but to be perfectly honest, if he's smart, he'll start small. I think you see him in a place like MLW. Okay, MLW. I had and, N- I had the NWA in my mind for him. Okay, and, which is kind of the same, really, if you think about it. Uh, the, you know, the, uh, on the structure of things. But MLW just signed that brand new deal with Vice, mm-hmm. um, bringing in a recently fired WWE guy would kind of give them something. And Tucker. I don't know. He's got that look, right? Yeah. He's got that tough guy look. I th- I think MLW would be a good spot for him. Okay. Um, 
what was the other two names you put? Mojo. Um, how do I say this nicely? But I hate him. I hate him so fucking much. He is the he is a stain on the underpants of professional wrestling. Why don't you tell us? I don't really want to feel? see him anymore. <laughs> how about uh, how about Bo Dallas? Now there's an interesting question. MLW for me. NWA. Yeah, I'm down with that. And uh, the one that I'm most furious about, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. We'll group them together. But Billy Kay, man, that girl put in the work. She was over. She got they minimal TV time. Let's be yeah. honest. They both yeah. put in the fucking work. Billy, Billy just showed more because she got the shitty end of the stick, or so we thought, after their breakup. But she got that WrestleMania spot. Here's what I'm going to say about Billy. However, Kay. when you and I were talking about the Iconics only fucking four, five, six months ago, we weren't singing the Billy Kay song now, were we? No. And that's what credit to Billy Kay, though. Let's talk about what Billy Kay did. She was given nothing and got nothing it. Nothing at all. She, she was given 10 seconds gold. backstage with a resume. Some weeks, yeah. all she got was an entrance with the Riot Squad, and she yeah. made it work. Tip my cat to them. Work. I hope both of them end up in Ring of Honor as part of that women division, women of honor. Uh, I think that would be a great place for them to showcase some talent. Uh, That's my take on it. And that's it. That's the list. So let's hope that's the list. Either either Ring of Honor or maybe even Impact. Impact, because Impact has that that women's tag division, right? Yeah, Impact would be great too. I just I would like to see them start at least do a set of tapings in Ring of Honor. Do you think they're gonna go so do you think they're gonna go somewhere together? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, I do. Yeah. So that's it. That's all our WWE talk. Um, Can I? I want to bring up one more firing. Of course, yeah, of course, because it bothers me. Ray Rougeau got 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 the cut. Um, Our French commentators, anybody who listens here in Canada to uh, to uh, RDS, anyone who had to listen to the French commentating knows that uh, wrestling legend uh, uh, Ray Rougeau has been on that commentating team for. How fucking long, man? I think since 96 they were doing that. Him and yeah. I can't remember his partner's name, and it really bothers me right it's now. It's really but. bothering me, too. I, I wasn't going to bring it up that I can't remember. I just wasn't going to say it. Um, but, yeah, they've been together since 96. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just another terrible thing. And let's hope that that's it. Let's hope there's no more cuts. I'd then- like, I, I'd really like to see Ray go somewhere, though, and maybe to a Canadian indie and teach. Yeah, that'd be I great. think I think Ray's got a lot to do. I don't think number one, I don't think Ray gets the respect he, he deserves as a tremendous tag team wrestler. Oh man, the Rougeau brothers were so good at getting heat. And not you just know, in the locker room think, with the dynamite kid. And I <laughs> and I think he could go teach that, man. I really do. I think I I think Ray Rougeau could, still has a lot to give back to this business. Yeah, and you know what? He'd be a great person to try to find and get to come on the show for a conversation. Mm-hmm. Such a rich history of Montreal. And you're reading my uh, mind, man. And while we're talking about the uh, the French Canadian side of things, we just give a big congratulations to friend of the show, Jeremy Prophet, for uh, being chosen by Chris Jericho to get a Lance Storm virtual um, seminar. I guess really cool stuff, man. So congratulations, Very cool. congratulations to our friends over at the Joe Full Podcast. Make sure you check them out, our brothers in the League of Extraordinary Podcasts. But Mike, the time for rambling is over. It's time to start talking about Ring of Honor. That's what we're here for this week. It's the 500th television episode. Man, and that's 500 episodes only since like because everyone, you know they've only been doing this show since like 2011 right yeah 
ever since Sinclair bought it. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor has been going on way longer than that. So it, it, it's the it, Ring of Honor has such a rich legacy. So to think that they've only done 500 episodes of television is kind of crazy to think about. But that's 500 solid goddamn episodes, you know. They, like Ring of Honor is one of those television shows that I can watch every week. And we mentioned this to, to Ian when we talked to him. Um, that's Ian Riccoboni. We yeah. know Ian Riccoboni. Yeah, we're name dropping. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about we name uh, drop right now? Who are we about to talk to? Well, we're, 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 we're well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm getting excited. Well, I know, yeah. When I was talking to Voice of Ring of Honor, Rick, Ian Riccoboni, I had mentioned to him that Ring of Honor is still one of those television shows that I can still watch religiously because it's only that sweet little hour. You know what I mean? You don't have to sit three hours of horse shit yeah. every week. Yeah. You know, it's two out, it's one hour, usually two matches and a segment. And it gives you everything you want. And this week's 500th episode was no different. Yeah, what I to like about, talk about this 500th episode. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say what I like. <laughs> Look at us just cutting each other off this week. I love it. It's been a while. Um, what I like about the Ring of Honor show, it gives me flashbacks to the old WWF superstar shows. Well, you know, it's an hour, uh, mm-hmm. you get two or three great matches, you build your angles, great promos, and then see you later and you're done. And that's what, that's what got me into NXT in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, I miss you know, because it, it was a nice hour. I like that. I'm I don't know how many times I can say this on this show. I'm fucking old. I have a kid, I have a full-time job. I don't have time for 25 hours of fucking wrestling a week anymore. So I have to pick and choose my wrestling really carefully. It sucks that like like because I can't even call myself a true WWE fan anymore when I'm when I'm watching WWE in 20 minute clips on YouTube. Yeah. But I'm a goddamn ROH fan because I watch it religiously every single Monday. Well, let's set up who we're talking to right now. And we're talking about this 500th show with the man. Man, I got to say this. We wouldn't be here without this guy, man. We wouldn't be here. Yes, Rob, arguably you can say Rob Feinstein was the, the brains behind everything. But after Rob Feinstein got in a little bit of trouble, a little bit, uh, he had to sell the company to this man. And he sold the company to a man named Kerry Sulkin. And Kerry held that company from, what, 2004 until 2011? Yeah. Yeah. And from 2011, when he sold the company to Sinclair, till now, He's acted as the ambassador of ROH, which honestly I think is just a, a nice title for for Gary to do stuff with ROH. I well, don't I'm, think it's a real job. Yeah, he's but, so he's so um, associated with the ROH brand now that you, they'd be foolish not to have him on. There. And I said that to Gary during this interview. You you don't when you think of ROH, you don't think of Sinclair. You don't even think of Rob Feinstein. You think of Gary Sulkin. He was so ingrained in the product. So you know, we'll, it, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, what we'll do is before we throw the interview, we just have to, I, I would like to apologize. If you guys tune into our live show, you say that I've been having a lot of Wi-Fi issues lately. And unfortunately with Carrie, uh, my Wi-Fi was acting up. So we did, there's a couple, couple rough parts of the interview, but uh, overall, I think Carrie had a lot of great stuff to say. He really did. And you know what? I got to give it to you. You saved the interview 
it could have been a lot worse than it is. Uh, there were there was times I was getting nervous because I'd be talking to Karen and you would just disappear, and that little record button at the top is gone too. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah, and we I'm too embarrassed to say anything stuff. to Carrie about it. But it turned out great. Uh, you know, you the little patches of sh- of missing shit you filled in really good. Um, I think people are still going to really love this interview. Um, I want to give uh, a little a little impression, though. I, and this is not a negative thing. Please do not think this is negative at all, because it's not. It's just honest. Carrie is not at all what I expected. Carrie is and so it's, funny. And it's one of the things I love about this show and what we've been doing with the show is you take these guys that you've already made such an image for yourself about, and then all of a sudden they become real to you. And Carrie's not this mysterious, you know, Paul Heyman-esque genius sitting behind, well, maybe he is, but sit, sitting behind a desk somewhere. He's just this real fucking guy telling you stories about going to strip clubs in Montreal. Yeah, he was cool, you, man. He was, you know he, what I mean? It was like, just like, like kind of shooting the shit like guy. we do. Yeah, it was a yeah. fun interview. I think we, maybe we should uh, stop babbling about it and maybe we should throw it out. What do you think? If I may have the honor... Uh, because this is one of my, I don't get a lot of these. 90% of our interviews come from this guy here. Not Tyler lately, man. You've it. been, killing, You've been killing it lately. But I'm proud of myself on this one. This is one of my gets. Uh, uh, I am so pleased and privileged to throw to this interview. Please enjoy our conversation with Ambassador of Ring of Honor, Kerry Silken. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the distinct honor and i am using that word pun intended to welcome right now the former owner of ring of honor from 2004 to 2011 the current roh ambassador and host of a damn good podcast last stop penn station with ian riccaboni the legendary carrie silken carrie thank you so much for joining us today my pleasure how are you guys doing we're doing great. We are trying our best to survive. We have not allowed to have any fun right now. We're completely locked <laughs> down. So this is the highlight of uh, this is a huge highlight for us right now to get to do this with you. You, you know what? And I'm going to pat ourselves on the back because we're batting 100 right now for our for our uh, ROH 19th anniversary special. We got Ian Riccoboni on this show. And now for our ROH 500th show uh, uh, special, we get Carrie Silken. I don't think any other uh, podcast is doing as good as we are right now. Well, if you're biting 100, that means you get one hit and 10 is bad. So that ain't show, yeah, bad. <laughs> it shows how much baseball I want. Yeah, we're, we're the hockey country over here, right? It's all right. Well, let's talk. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about the 500th episode of Ring of Honor. And it's only fitting that it's being headlined by Jay and Mark Briscoe. So, Carrie, I want to ask you right off the bat, how important is Jay and Mark to the history of Ring of Honor and the loyalty that they've shown to the company? I mean, uh, the very first Ring of Honor show, Jay was on it. Mark was too young because it was in Philadelphia. This is before I was involved, but it was in Philadelphia and the commission you had to be 18. So uh, Mark, Mark wasn't old enough to be at the, to wrestle. So, but to your question, there and here I got. I'm sorry, I got to give you a baseball reference. <laughs> He's with Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle of of Ring of Honor, you know, or whoever you want. I'll give you a hockey reference. The Gordie Howe and Bobby Orr. There you go. Oh. 
the Wayne Gretzky's, if you will, right? They're the they're the pioneers. I think Jay was in the very first match in company history, so I think it's only fitting that he main events with the, with his brother. And they they've had some great battles over the years as well. Yeah, yeah. A couple times they've wrestled each other. Obviously, they're like what 11, 12 time tag team champions. Mm. But um, I remember them wrestling each other in London. Yeah, great match. The first trip to the UK. And a couple other times over the years. I'm not good. I could tell you dates from like the 70s and going to the garden in the 80s or 60s or rock concerts, you know. Yeah. But, you know, as far as specific Ring of Honor stuff, you guys probably know better than I do. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, we, we had Bill after on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he basically said the same thing. He, 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 he says, you ask me a date and I can't tell you anything. You ask me a story and I'll be able to tell you. Well, you, you, you're a young man. It's easy to remember things. You'll, you'll find even now, if you're 30, you'll remember things from when you're 10 or 11. Yeah. But if you ask what you ate for breakfast two days ago, <laughs> I get it. Oh, it's so true. Uh, uh, Mike, I want to throw it to you for a question. But before I do that, Kara, you kind of touched on uh, on something about uh, the history of the business. And you can remember things from back in the day. And it kind of falls into what I want to talk about next is what are some of your earliest memories of, of professional wrestling? And what made you fall in love with it? Oh, man, you didn't make me. I mean, I'm old, but you didn't make me really sound old. Started watching wrestling. 1966, boys. <laughs> I was 10 and uh, my cousin turned me on to it he's like four years older than me he also turned me on to good music later on but anyway as far as wrestling wrestling used to be on I lived in New Jersey near New York City so it was on TV two hours on Saturday nights on channel 5 it was WWWF this is pre-UHF, pre-VHS, pre-internet, pre-cable. So the wrestling you got on TV, that was it. You know, so if you lived in Toronto, you got the Toronto wrestling. But yep. then in the early 70s, the UHF stations started. And in my area, it was like a miracle. They started showing championship wrestling from Florida. Oh, nice. And I used to be a magazine fan. Mm -hmm. So I would rush, when I discovered them, I would rush to get the magazines. So they started showing the uh, Florida wrestling, as well as two hours of uh, Lucha Libre de, de, de Los Angeles. It was, it was, it was the LA promotion from the Olympic oh. Auditorium. Is that Fred, Fred Blassie's area? Is that, is that Fred Blassie's time frame? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And it was in Spanish. So we had LA, Florida, and New York. So these people I would read about in the magazines, I was getting to see them. And when I was old enough, my dad took me to the garden. They... Uh, Little did I know Vince McMahon was like a, a silent member of the NWA. So he would bring in these guys. He'd bring in Eddie Graham. He'd bring in Dory Funk Sr. and Terry Funk. He'd bring in uh, Jack Briscoe. 
He'd bring in Harley Race. He'd bring in uh, whomever, Vern Gagne. So, and they were not featured because nobody knew who they were unless you were a magazine freak. So they just wanted to come to New York and, you know, chill out. So, but being a magazine guy, I'm like, holy shit, Harley Race is on the show. Or, you know, uh, whomever it was, fill in the blank. Um, so yeah, uh, so I fell in love with wrestling right off the bat. It was totally uncool, even <laughs> at 10, 11, right? So by the time I was like a teen, you know, 16, 17, going, going to see Led Zeppelin, going to see uh, the Stones, going to see Pink Floyd, you know, uh, I would have to drag people to come to wrestling because yeah. it was so uncool to be wrestling. Yeah. But I loved it. Well, it sounds like that your taste in music is just as good as your taste in wrestling too, Carrie. Those are some big names you're throwing well, out. Well, I was, I was hoping you guys weren't like Cardi B and Bill. <laughs> <laughs> no. Give me sure. the Beatles and the Stones and well, we're Canadian, so we yeah, love we, our Tragically yeah, Hip. Yeah, we live Bowie. in the land of the... You see how I got David Bowie behind me? That's God. right. Doing the K Fabe. <laughs> no. uh. So, Carrie, let's. Uh, I want to, if we're going to talk about history, I want to talk about a little of your history and your uh, contributions to not only Ring of Honor, but in the, in the big span professional wrestling. You are considered the innovator behind the IPPV con concept, especially yeah, with the, uh, the, the with ones that didn't work, but go ahead. <laughs> In hindsight, but I, I, I don't, you were still the man. I don't think we have IPPV the way that we know it without Kerry Sulkin well, and, without, and without respect is earned. Where, where, did, where did you get the idea for this? Before the internet pay-per-views, there were the ones we did in 2006, 7, 8 that were on in demand. And I don't know where in Canada they would have been but they were pre-recorded. There was a guy named Ken Gelman. His company was called G-Funk. So we, we did it ass backwards. We recorded a show. This is back, like let's say 2007. You know, we got Danielson and Nigel and Jimmy Jacobs and Tyler Black and whomever, Briscoes, so on and so forth. And they weren't running until six weeks later. And then the HD net deal came along, which we didn't realize at the time, they didn't have a lot of exposure, meaning they were, they were on very few outlets. And then we got into this internet pay-per-view stuff, the Go Fight Live and all that. Right. And uh, often they didn't work right. But when they worked, it was good. Well, I I seriously think we don't get things like Fight TV, the Fight TV app and stuff like that. I like a lot of these new companies. I think took what you did ten years ago plus and ran with it. Uh, you, you know, did this did this just kind of come to you overnight, kind of thing, or was this a? Well, I I didn't I didn't invent the pay per view itself. No, of course not. We were just a platform for them to show. Right. So you know. Uh, the aforementioned pre-recorded pay-per-views or the Go Fight Lives, those companies existed. Okay. It was just another item for them to put on. 
So I'm not going to take credit for, you know, these pay-per-views. I mean, I take credit for the product. Of course. But that's that's where it's at. All right, go ahead, Tyler. I'm sure you got a couple more. Yeah, so Kerry, Ring of Honor just celebrated its 19th birthday recently, which means it's old enough to drink here in Toronto. Um, what are Barely the- legal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, looking back over time, what are some of your personal favorite moments uh, with your time with Ring of Honor? You, you know, uh, whether it's behind the scenes or something that happened in front of the camera, just what are some of your favorite memories looking back? Oh, there's so many. Um, well, first of all, just the idea that we've outlived Nitro or, you know, We've out, we, we, at the moment, we've outlived Impact, TNA, whatever, or, or, or we're fighting with them. Um, but as far as personal highlights, uh, the Samoa Joe Kabashi match. Yeah. Wow, wow, yeah. At the Manhattan Center. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Madison Square yeah, Garden. That's a big deal. In 2019. Getting to go to the UK twice. Getting to work with Pro Wrestling Noah. And we worked with Dragon Gate too, but Pro Wrestling Noah was the company that helped us go to Japan. Right. I mean, we're going to Japan. We can't sell tickets. We got to help, you know, they got to do it. So, all those things. Plus, um, getting to, you know, getting to be a, like the producer of so many great shows and, you know, uh, having guys like Punk, Samoa Joe, Seth Rotten, Tyler, uh, the Bucks, the, the list goes on and on. Adam Cole, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, um, Jay Lethal. You know, having these guys, you know, the ones either that stayed or went on to do other things. I was watching WrestleMania a little. The best matches were the Ring of Honor. You're not wrong. Yeah. Cesaro. Yep. Here, help me out here. Cesaro wrestled uh, Tyler, Tyler Black. Black. Yeah. And, right. and Steen, then uh, Steen and Brian Generico. Danielson was in a three-way. Yeah. Steen and Generico were against each other? Steen and Generico. Pure 100%. ring of honor. Yeah, and so, I think... Yeah, and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't best friends with everybody, but certain guys I had good relationships with. Uh, he might not like me saying this, but he don't care. Tyler Black used to be my roommate. Why? No, there was nothing nefarious. It was because he didn't drink. And at the, and at the time, I wasn't drinking. So he didn't like to stay away from the rest of the partiers. I used to be roommates with the Bucks. Two nice Christian boys. They got me there. What the hell are they thinking? That was fine. <laughs> um, Bucks have stayed in my house. I, I've stayed with them. Uh Kyle O'Reilly was a close friend, but I wasn't there to be friends. Of course and, not. But, you know, along the way, you know, like there's certain guys, Jay Lethal, one of my dearest friends, there's certain guys that over the years, it's like, hello, goodbye. Even though, like Brian Danielson, mm-hmm. no bad blood, but you and I have talked longer in this conversation that I've ever spoken to. I mean, I'd be like, hey, what's up, man? Maybe that's not true. Like, hey, what's going on, Carrie? But, you know, so 
it, it's just the, the whole thing's been like a uh, a fantasy, a dream come true, a nightmare sometimes. <laughs> you know, is that where you just I, mentioned? I'm really glad. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just saying. Uh, you oh, just. I was just saying. I... <laughs> I, I was just say, about to say, you just mentioned WrestleMania. I know, eh? It's our first time, apparently. Um, you just mentioned WrestleMania and some of those names that were on there. Uh, do you take a sense of pride taking a look at, you know, events like WrestleMania and AEW and NXT Absolutely. and seeing it littered with Ring of Honor talent? Littered. <laughs> like they're a bunch of the piles of shit. Um, Way to go, Tyler. <laughs> of course I do. I'm, I'm very happy. Look, I learned early on, going back to Punk and Samoa Joe, that there's going to be attrition. You're going to lose guys. And yet that would open up space. So when we lost Punk and Samoa Joe, I forget the order, but within like six months of each other, that we're done. But that opened up room for guys like Austin Aries, uh, Jamie Gibson, uh, um, uh, Tyler Black, Jimmy Jacobs, Chris Hero, Claudio Castanoli. And then we would lose other guys. And then there was the famous night in two, infamous in 2009 when we lost Brian and Nigel the very same night. Yeah. And they put a fuck, excuse me, they put a fork in us. Fine. And I was able to get hold of Jim Carnett, who just got fired from TNA, and have him come to New York. And we got hold of Homicide, former ROH champ, New York yep. legend. He was away from Ring of Honor for about a year. So it was like a magic trick. We were losing Tyler and Brian, but Carnett, and Homicide came in as a surprise. And that opened up room for guys like Davey Richards, Eddie Edmonds, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, um, um, Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas. That's right. I'm, I'm leaving out names here. But anyway, but anyway and, and, you know, you got guys I leave out, like, for example, Roderick Strong, the whole time. Fucking guys, you know, MVP. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And uh, so this 500th show that we're celebrating is interesting because it's not my company. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but it's the 500th Sinclair, you know, Sinclair performance production of Ring of Honor. But... Uh, it's still. It, 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 they, I'm glad you said that because I was just about to say we'll always consider this to be Carrie Silkin's thing. Uh, you know, we grew, we grew, grew well, didn't grow up. I was an adult by the time ROH came around. But we watched from the beginning. I will, like, I didn't watch from day one. When I came in, it was Carrie Silkin's thing. When you guys sold over to Sinclair, it was still Carrie Silkin's thing. <laughs> Did you guys ever go to any Toronto shows when I owned it? Uh, oh, yeah. Not when you owned it, unfortunately. Not myself. Uh, I, I've only gotten to go to one show, and uh, and unfortunately, it was just two years ago. Okay. I got to go to a couple. I was there, uh, the first one in Toronto with uh, Steen and Nigel. 
which was, fe- was spectacular. That hockey rink at the Ted Reeves, the hottest arena in the planet. Holy shit! Here, I'll give you a good curse. My uncle used to say, "It's hotter than a nun's box." <laughs> Uh, Which reminds me, if you want to hear nice quotes like that, as well as other stories of a very blue nature, check out the podcast I do with Ian Riccoboni, Last Stop Penn Station, where not only do we talk about Ring of Honor, but we talk about my life prior to Ring of Honor hustling tickets as, as a ticket scalper on the streets of New York City. Uh, my years with, you know, uh, heavy drug use, alcohol, cocaine. Uh, I'm lucky I'm alive. <clears throat> and, you know, rock and roll stories, getting a party with John Bellucci and Rush. Mm. That's and, right. Uh, other other rock acts and getting to go see all these great bands. You know, I was there at the first Paul McCartney U.S. tour when the Who did Quadrophenia, David Bowie, uh, Diamond Dogs, um, Alice Cooper at the Garden, um, so on and so forth. Uh, Elton John, Billy Joel, we didn't care what it was. Grateful Dead, Jethro Tull. We went to everything and I still do. And for, for everyone listening, Carrie, where can people find that? They can find it anywhere. As long yeah. as if you put a fucking antenna on your arm, you can find <laughs> it. Now, we're on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, uh, any of those pl- platforms. Yeah. Now, I, I, I joined the party late. I only found out about this podcast when Ian told us about it a couple of weeks ago on the show. So I only started listening a couple of weeks ago. And I got to tell people, man, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to give any stories away because I want people to go, go and listen to this podcast. But your story about the wrestler and the whole Nick Cage stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm dying. Just dying listening to this stuff. People need to go and listen to this podcast right away. Thank you. But Kerry, while, uh, we're on the, oh, while we're on the topic of Toronto, what are some of your memories of coming to Toronto? Oh, I love Toronto. It's very loose there. <laughs> yeah. not right now <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm saying when, when I was going there it's a very liberal city Yeah, and I used to have a lot of fun one of the guys I would hang out with is Bobby Cruz, the ring announcer he's uh, he likes that one <laughs> well I promise that we've got all the garbage cleaned up from uh, the one year you guys came and we had the garbage strike Ah, we don't care. I'm from the. I'm used to New York, but yeah, <laughs> Toronto. The the city's great. The partying's great. What is that? Church Street. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and the other street. Uh, come on, the, the famous with a Y. Like a Young, Young Street. Young Street. Right. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just a good town. Just a good town, and the wrestling fans were great there. Yeah. We went there. Um, uh, the shows were good. I remember bringing Bret Hart up there once mm-hmm. as a as a autograph guy. And Flair was, was the next night, yeah. As far as Canada goes, I'm going to say Toronto is my second favorite city to watch wrestling in because the fans are great. But it doesn't beat Montreal. I lived in Montreal for 10 years. 
wrestling fans in Montreal are fucking rabid. Uh, yeah, they're they, rabid. I, I like I like St. Catherine Street too. Oh yeah, yeah. St. Catherine. I know Street. what you do. <laughs> I spent a week there one weekend. It's fantastic. There. You know. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I got to ask you, Carrie, since you brought up uh, ROH uh, having the opportunity to go to uh, to places like Japan. Currently in ROH, we're seeing a, a great uprise in uh, Mexican superstars, guys like Rush and guys like uh, guys Bandito, like Bandito. You know, these guys are amazing. Is there, any, is there any plans on, on ROH uh, expanding out into Mexico? Right now, we're trying to get out of Baltimore. Yeah. Right, of course. Yeah. You know, we're, we're dealing with the same issues you guys are. I don't want to speak for Sinclair, but they're very cautious. Of course. And number one thing is safety yeah. for the wrestlers, for the fans. That's why we haven't done any shows in front of people. That's why we haven't left Maryland. But if things continue in the positive direction that they've been, uh, we'll be doing some live shows. Maybe, maybe. And once again, I can't speak for them. Of course. Maybe by the end of the summer. Maybe. Okay. Carrie, can we get you to talk a little bit about what it was like working with Gabe Spokolsky? Sorry, guys. Gabe learned from Paul Heyman. <laughs> All right. So Gabe was brilliant as far as his, you know, uh, I consider myself a producer. What is a pro- producer do they get the best you know like you see in a movie produced by whatever stanley kubrick right produced by martin scorsese they get the best director the best lighting people the best you know actors so get yeah but but gabe gabe learned from paul and gabe was a hothead uh he was very brilliant but he liked to have these he's famous for his his hissy fits you know, it was just to be dramatic. Um, it was entertaining almost. It became a thing like CM Punk and Colt Cabana or CM Punk and Adam Pierce used to just wait and just stand there and watch. But uh, him and I got along until I fired him. Right. And, you know, and then he was like, why, whatever. So all these stories and all the details of this are available on the podcast there you go but overall i'm very grateful to gabe something that really sets ring of honor apart from other companies is the pure title can you talk a little bit about the pure title carrie no it was sort of a uh what are they you know it was a right. it, it was like a bonus or something you know and that was a oh, game okay. creation you know so and then it was retired with that pure title unification yep. match. But to have it come back now or last earlier in 2018 and starting the new Ring of Honor tapings with that tournament, I really think that distinguished us from the other on AW. There's some nonsense. There's some good stuff on WWE. There's some nonsense. There's some good stuff on Ring of Honor. There's some nonsense. But the pure no. title is not nonsense. It, it was to establish pro wrestling. Like, I like it. Like, yeah. we like it. And not to have any kind of 
gimmick matches. When when you bullshit. guys when 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 Ring of Honor took that break during the beginning of the pandemic, coming back with the pure title tournament, I think was basically putting that flag in the ground saying, this is what we're doing. This is who we are. And it worked. Uh, Ring of Honor had the best product in 2020. And I, and I have no problem saying that. And I'm not saying that because I'm in you know, contact with you. I, I've said this that on this show several times. Nobody beat Ring of Honor's in-ring or on television product in 2020. And they had almost a fraction of the television time as anybody else. And that's because I think of that that pure title tournament and guys like Jonathan Gresham and, and Tracy Williams and these amazing young guys. Amazing. Absolutely. Tracy Williams, you just mentioned like the two new MVPs. Yeah. No, uh, well, how about Red Titus has got rebirth? Um, Jay Lethal's always there. Yeah. Um, Bandito, so on. But even, yeah. even guys like Cheeseburger has really solidified himself as somebody because of, because of the pure uh, division. But the pure title was a good, and I, I, that, that's all attributed to Delirious, our yeah. behind-the-scenes guy. It was a really good way to relaunch the product, and we're keeping it in the mix. as we go Well, that was the very last question I want to ask you, Carrie. Who is... In your mind, and I'm not asking you to throw anybody under the bus or anything like that. I'm asking you who you think is the one of the more important people behind the scenes right now. I think of Delirious right away, but who who's really the the I don't want to say the brains, but the passion behind ROH right now. Yeah, Delirious is, and but it's it, it, it's it's all the thing about Ring of Honor, whether it was. Gabe's Gabe and Carrie, or Adam Pierce and Carrie, or Delirious and Carrie, it was the crew behind the scenes. You know, it was, a, it was always a family, pretty much a very good locker room. Yeah. We had very few knuckleheads. Very few. Which, which is a rarity in, in this. I'll tell you one of them. The only guy that was a pain in the ass, Austin Aries. Everyone knows that anyway. <laughs> and if he was on here, he'd say, yeah, I was. I am. Uh, but, okay. yeah, but everybody worked as a team. You know, and, and they knew I was struggling. Uh, Hero, Claudio, Cabana, you know, everybody just dug in, you know, and uh, the, the, the proof is in what you see on the, ta the old tapes, the new tapes, the current product. And uh, here we are with our 500th Sinclair show coming up. And it's really cool. But I'm glad we got you now because I can't think of anybody better to have on for our, our 500th uh, ROH special. Oh man, that's just great stuff, Carrie. What an entertaining, what man, an entertaining guy he is, and, eh? and so generous and, and forgiving. Uh, you know, we both apologized uh, several times for the technical issues we were having, and he was so cool about it. And even said, "You know what, guys? If we need to do this again one day, we'll do it again." Like, I, like I'd love to do this again. You know, I think you get that a lot from certain people. They'll be like, "Oh, we should do this again," and I don't usually believe it. 
two people so far have told me I want to do this again, and I buy it 100%. One is Bill Lapter, and the other is Carrie Silgan. Absolutely. There's something so genuine with, with, with Carrie. There's no bullshit to Carrie. If no, Carrie didn't want cool, to do man. it again, he wouldn't have mentioned it. If Kerry, You know what I mean? He would just be like, okay, yeah, guys, you fucked this one up, so uh, see you next. Yeah, see you later. No, Carrie was so good. He was... Uh, and like we said, it was like shooting shit with one of the boys. He stops talking about wrestling at one point, just talks about the bands that he likes. Yeah, well, yeah. That's you cool know, he, like, how cool is that? He's a cool guy. And cool something guy. else something else really cool we're going to get to in a minute is your list this week. Before we get to the list, though, which is going to be the top seven television champions in Ring of Honor history, we're going to talk now, about... Let's, uh, I'll, I'll bury the lead here. I'll, I'll beat the dead horse. I'll let you know the truth. This was supposed to be my list for the best Briscoe, Briscoe brothers tag matches. Oh, you told me. If only somebody warned you. Yeah. You, you might told be me taking it'd be, on too much. It'd be way week. too hard for me to do. And I'm like, nah, nah, nah. I worked on this fucking list for over a week and I still couldn't get it done. Yesterday, I text you going, yeah, I mean, I'm trashing this and I'm doing something else. I'm um, really happy that you waited till I was done all the graphics for the show and had everything <laughs> set up for it uh, before you decided to change that. So thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. I, I, uh, I, just, I just knew I wasn't going to be ready for tonight. And, uh, I, and, and then I decided, you know, what are my options? I can either go on to, to Best J Lethal matches or something like that, or... We're talking about the 500 television episodes. Why not do television champions? Well, absolutely. And, and I stand by it. I, I, it's going to be a fun list. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, before we get down to business, we're going to talk about the actual 500th episode here. Make sure you guys head over to our YouTube page, www. I don't know what it is. The YouTube. Go to YouTube and type in Count It Out 7. All of our Ring of Honor interviews are up there. Ian Riccoboni, Kerry Silken will be up there now as well as one that uh, Jonah and I did with Sledge as well. So we got a bunch of Ring yeah. of Honor content up there. Go check it out. Uh, give us and a subscription. And we're not done with Ring of Honor, man. We're going to get more Ring of Honor. I've got some names growing in the back of my head. I've been uh, I've been sending out texts and emails and stuff like that. I, uh, I'm i in full Ring of Honor mode lately. You know that. Well, let's so, keep it rolling, man. Let's yeah. Tell me, what did you think of the episode, the 500th episode, uh, Jay Lethal against Jonathan Gresham, as well as Mark against Jay Briscoe? What do you, what do you think of the show overall? Not including pay-per-views. Best hour of wrestling television I've seen in maybe three years. Yeah, it was really good. Um, um, if you're a fan of professional wrestling, yeah, watch that match. Real fucking wrestling. They, yeah. they gave us exactly what they promised us. Uh, there was no bullshitting in this, in this show. You knew what you were going to get. They told you, we're going to put Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham in, the, in a fucking pure match. Then they told you they're going to put the Briscoes against each other. You know what to expect from both, both those matches, and both matches exceeded expectations in my yeah, book. Absolutely. Absolutely, so, they did. Let, what I liked start, about Lethal and Grisham. Yeah, Lethal and Grisham. Yeah, what I liked yeah, about let, that let's match. Let's start off with the pure title, man. I liked yeah. it. They didn't throw a strike the entire match. Did you notice that? All grappling, oh, all oh, wrestling. Even Ian mentioned that after the match. The whole thing was wrestling maneuvers and holds. How great and was that, the finish. And that's Gresham's MO. That's 100% Gresham's yeah. MO. He's been doing that in every pure match. He's been going for holds. He's won every single match so far with either a submission move 
or a pinning combination. Yeah, and they told a great there's, story. There's no, the there's no brawling with Gresham. Now, can Jay Lethal play that game? He sure as hell can. But when he gets in the ring with Jonathan Gresham, he knows he doesn't have to. And he doesn't, and he knows he shouldn't. So he's playing the fucking ground game. Mm-hmm. And they had a tremendous technical pure wrestling match. It was amazing. A couple little things that I liked about it was um, I liked that they pushed the hour time limit. And I like that Ian would say throughout the whole thing, if this match goes an hour, you will still see the Briscoes for free on our YouTube page. The little things like that, the little things like that add so much. It's not like... it makes uh, you believe that they could go for a full hour. Well, that's it. It's not like a couple weeks ago... The match only lasted, what, 17 minutes? Yeah, but like a couple weeks ago on Raw, they did. it was the night that Bobby Lashley won the world title. And they had this countdown. The Miz and Bobby Lashley will start in six minutes. And it's like, well, how do you know this match is going to be over in six minutes? Like it, it insults yep. your intelligence. And I don't exactly. mean to bash WWE. I just, I'm trying to give props to Ring of Honor. Like it just, yeah. uh, those little touches that I really, really A hundred percent. Because that was one of my first thoughts. And I'm like, oh, wait, it's a fucking, it's a pure title match. And title matches always had 60 minute title uh, time limits. I'm like, eh, putting that on our show is kind of stupid. Well, they obviously thought of that. They don't insult their fans. And I think Ian Riccoboni has a lot to do with that. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, the match itself, purely phenomenal, no pun intended. Um, you know, it was cool. They all came, all four foundation members came to the ring together, which is like a that. nice match. A lot of uh, hardware in that faction, man. No kidding. Okay. What does it say? about the foundation that the only man without a title is Jay Lethal and it doesn't hurt Lethal. Like that's how good Lethal is. I feel you know? we're going to be talking about him a lot tonight. I feel like we're going to be talking a lot about him for the next few years. Lethal is not done. No, lethal he's... is the most underrated wrestler in the world right now, I think. Because people... There aren't ROH fans aren't talking about them as talking about him. And I think he might be the best wrestler in the world right now. Better than Kenny Omega, better than Roman Reigns, better than anybody else headlining any other company. Jay Lethal is the fucking man right now. As far I gotta, as I'm- I got to say, it's got to be between him, Kenny Omega, maybe uh, Okada over in Japan. Those three are the guys that are jumping out to me. I right think, now. but even, even Okada, I think, is in. Um, moving out mode he's starting to pull kids over yeah you know? but it doesn't mean the talent's still not there. i mean he's hurt no, no, right, he's, he's hurt right now he's, like, he's hurt right now ibushi is but, another guy koto ibushi is another guy that's on fire right is. now yeah there there's yeah but but jay lethal's name is right in there with all those guys 100 percent. and he, i and i don't think you know i think too many people think of him as oh you know black machismo that that guy from yeah. tna but he's, that's not who he is. It's a great character, but that's not who Jay Lethal is. Jay Lethal is one of, if not the greatest wrestler alive right now. Before and, that, we move, and that's just me. Before we move on to the Briscoes match, how great was the finish in, the, in this pure title match? Okay. <laughs> I remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about the, um, the 19th anniversary special and how Dak Draper was the first person to make uh, Jonathan Gresham use all three rope breaks. Those who don't watch ROH and are not familiar with the pure title, in a pure match, 
you're only allowed to use three rope breaks. After that, you can you can grab those ropes all you want. Doesn't matter. You can still get submitted or pinned under the ropes. Gresham's never used his rope breaks ever. Dak Draper brought him all the way. However, in that match, Dak Draper also used all three of his. So by the end of the match, neither man had any rope breaks left. In this match, Jay Lethal took all of uh, Jonathan Gresham's rope breaks. Jonathan Gresham used all three of his. Lethal used zero. What happens about two minutes after the third rope break? Just a fucking pin out of nowhere. And Gresham wins. Yeah, and it was out of and a that's how scissor. fast never, you have to be to beat Jonathan Gresham. I've never seen it before. Gresham had Lethal on a head scissor, and Lethal just kicked his legs back to try to kick mm. out of it, and Gresham hooked him. One, two, three. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. How about the Briscoes, man? What do you think of the Briscoes? Moving to the Briscoes. Uh, before we hit the match, I want to talk about that little uh, promo package they had for them. The promo package did a lot for me. It set this match up completely. It, it, instead of just being, hey, we're going to throw these guys together for your entertainment, they put a story behind it. And I love that. Um, everybody sees Jay Briscoe as the star of this group. But Mark Briscoe is really coming into his own as well. And Mark Bristol makes me laugh so fucking much. Oh, he's funny. This promo package had me in stitches. I've watched it so many times. And when he goes, <laughs> you know, I, since the day I came home from the hospital, Jay was there ready to fight. <laughs> he said, say, see these teeth? They was all there. So Jay, <laughs> yeah. like, like, fuck. But I like the story they told with that too. You know, Mark's pissed that Jay lost his focus and they blew their tag title opportunity. Exactly. A little and, thing. And then, a they, little and then thing. the fact that they brought, you know, Daddy Briscoe into it. They brought their dad into it and the dad says, listen, before you guys can tag again, you got to work your stuff out. Done. Yeah. You got yeah. to work this stuff out. So they did. And um, I've heard some people online complaining about the uh, about the uh, the finish. But I love the finish. I re- thank you. I really, really love the finish. For those who don't know, ROH is a little different than most um, uh, wrestling faction, uh, wrestling uh, companies, in that they have a twenty-minute count, a twenty-second countout, not a ten-second countout. Um, and they use that a few times in this match. They 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 work outside quite a bit. Uh, some they had a good uh, little table spot. Uh, they 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 had some really really cool. Um, dangerous spots without pushing the boundaries of the rules, which is really smart. And I really liked it because I mean, them boys can fucking go when it goes hardcore, right? Then, so they do this table spot where Jay gets put through a table, but they're both fucked. Yeah, off the top rope to the outside. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Jay was on the table and Mark did his, uh, his patented, uh, Flash elbow thing. Flash elbow, which is amazing. So they're both fucked. The 22nd count's going on. Jay or a Mark crawls into the ring at the 19 count and wins the match. I love that. It Me sets too. up Mark, it sets up more of a story. Mark needed the win. Jay's protected in the loss. So both the Briscoes still are strong. And I like the fact that I think it was Coleman. They're they're, they're two, three now, by the way. Mm, Okay. 
I, I like I like Caprice Coleman's little take of, you know, or maybe it was Ian. I can't remember. One of the two said, uh, you talk about a calculated risk and it worked. Mm-hmm. You know, Mark yeah, took absolutely. the chance and it worked. Yeah, fantastic stuff. A lot of great spots in this match. Uh, Mark kicked out of two J-Dillers. Uh, uh, fucking Christ. J-Drillers, easy for me to say, um, which nobody does. How many people have kicked out of that move? You know, and... Uh, he even uh, he loved the Spicoli driver into the chair. Yeah, How great with that. Yeah, great spot. And he even brought what was that fucking move he used to use when, earlier in his year, Jay? And he brought it back. And I oh, the the, the out of the, out of the rack. The, yeah, I don't remember yeah. the name of it. He hasn't used that in years. Forget the name of it now. But uh, it was a fun match. It was a good, great match. And I think it's an important match. I think this match is going to, I don't think this story is over. Well, I hope not. I could watch these guys yeah. wrestle forever, man. A hundred percent. But I think um, they're hopefully refocused. All in all, all, in all may, uh, really solid showing for a 500th show. Absolutely. Everyone go out of your way to check it out. It's on YouTube. It's on ringofhonor.com, Fight TV app. I highly recommend. Take 50 minutes out of your day and watch it. Yeah. And uh, now I think maybe you should take a couple minutes out of your day and listen to Mike put together a list for the top seven Ring of Honor television champions of all time. Oh. Why don't you hit us up, man? Let's get right into it. Where are we starting, man? Where's the number yeah, seven at? I don't know where we're starting. This is, I, th- I, thought, I thought the Bristol list was going to be hard. This match, or this list, let me tell you. Number one was easy. Yeah. Everybody else, six through two, were easy to get on the list, but the fucking order has changed a thousand times. Yeah, there's some tough mm-hmm. ones here, man. However, number seven has changed spots. Number Not just changed spots. Number seven has changed people. All right. About 30 fucking times. And it's getting very hard for me. So I'm just going to spit it out. And if I'm not happy about it later, I'm not happy about it. My number seven is Dragon Lee. Okay. Okay. Um, question Question before this. Who yes. did he edge out? Who, who did he edge out uh, as your number seven? Oh, Jeff Cobb. Okay. All right. And Listen, I want to talk. I, mean, I want to talk about that for a second. Je- and even that, no, not just Jeff Cobb. He had Joe Jeff Cobb, Christopher Daniels, and somebody else. Like he had Joe, a few people that were rotating in that spot. Jeff Cobb, I'm going to tell you right now, he was on a few people's worst television champions list. I don't understand it. I'm I'm shocked he's not on your list. Actually, I thought he was a fantastic television champion. Here's the thing about Jeff Cobb, and this is why people call him the worst champion. He had a great reign. He had a decent 222-day uh, reign. That's correct. Who did he beat, though? Oh, Jeff he squashed Cobb, everybody. Well, that's the thing. Jeff Cobb, his, the big problem with Jeff Cobb's reign is it started right as ROH was taking that talent dip. And there was no one really to feed Jeff Cobb. So there's nobody of name that he really beat. He beat Will Ospreay, didn't he? At the in Madison Square Garden. I believe. I don't want to say yes or no because either way I'd be lying. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm I'm, okay. I'm, I'm gonna go with a solid yes. But he did. But, but but you know, 
I'm just saying, me, me again, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if it should be him or Dragon Lee. I went with Dragon Lee because the man does have a 469-day uh, uh, reign. Give, okay, yes. Pandemic, though. Yeah, but that's only, Ring of Honor only went down for fucking six months, not even. It's a lot of days, man. Yeah, but you you, you, you cut, let's say even you cut 100 days off that. 100 days off of even 200 days 200 days you still have 469 days that's more than some of the people on this list all right you all know right. and i guess he he lost the belt he didn't even get pinned to lose the belt to tracy he did Williams, not get right? pinned to lose, and that was my other thing there's still a story to be told with, with with dragon lee i think dragon lee needs to feud with kenny king and then i think he needs to go and and, and feud with uh with with, with tracy all right. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say for me I, I would have I would have put Cobb in that place, but uh let's hear out the rest of your list before All I right. cast the rest too much of my judgment. List, I apologize to everybody. I even apologize to you. You might get give me heat. The order of this is so hard. The order changed 30 times. It's a tough list. And I might even give myself heat later later. I don't know. The only thing I feel comfortable with is my number one. <laughs> However, Number six is Adam Cole, baby. baby. Yeah, man, Adam Cole, 246 days as the champion, right? Yes, sir. He and uh, uh, and he had a great run. Uh, um, he was in ROH during a time when there was, you know, a lot of people to fight. You know, uh, and it's. Like I'm, I'm already fighting with myself if she should be higher or not. This is hard for me. Man, this was the, this was kind of what put Adam Cole on the map, though, as far as being taken serious 100%. as a singles competitor. This title reign. One hundred percent, and and he beat a man that I think will go down as one of the greatest ROH. Uh, uh, wrestlers of all time as far as i'm concerned that's roderick strong i'll take that a step further and i will say that roderick strong is the growth like the most underrated wrestler of all time he is so good everywhere he's been he has been so good and he just like you know you always just go to joe dragon uh you know even guys like austin aries get talked about more than roderick strong and roderick strong is right up there with all of them man roderick i I agree with you uh, Stevie Richards is the most underrated chan- uh, uh, wrestler of all time. No, Roderick. But I, I, I see where you're coming from. I do. Um, we might talk about Roderick Strong again. Maybe. Who knows? Oh, okay. Okay. Moving on to my number five. A guy making some uh, waves right now in with the OGK, and that is Matt Taven. I was really hoping you were going to say Roderick Strong. That would have been really funny. <laughs> yeah, Matt Taven. Okay, now this is where you're going to have to take over for me because this is kind of where I fell out of Ring of Honor. So I don't know much about Matt Taven's run. I'm looking I'm at it. I'm going to be honest with you too. Uh, Matt Taven, he's on there because he had a decent run and he had a long run. He had a, long, a run of 287 days. 
Unfortunately, I also fell off Ring of Honor during this time a little bit. So I am only catching up on that era now. So I'm not, I haven't seen a lot of the matches. I am basing this, maybe, maybe he'd be higher. Maybe he'd be, you know, in a better spot. But I'm basing it strictly on what I've read more than what I've seen. Fair, fair. You know what I mean? And the fact that he had a great run. Yeah, oh man, that's a big title, right? Like, especially back in that day of ROH, 287 day, uh, day run is, is a run. Well, and if you yeah. take a look at the landscape there, you know, you've got, um, I'm just going to read you the, the champions. You know, you had Jay Lethal with a 231 day run. Then Roddy had 90. Adam Cole was next at 246. And then Tavern at 287. Like the TV mm-hmm. title was really the workers' title here, right? Oh, 100%. 100% it was. Um, moving on to my number four, the combined title. This is our, the first time we're going to talk about a two, two, two-time uh, Ring of Honor television champion with a combined title reign of 209 days. That's uh, 119 plus 90. Mr. Roderick Strong. Yeah, and again, we just said uh, Mr. Underrated. Uh, Roddy's awesome, man. He's just awesome. Um, I watched that match between him and Adam Cole years ago, and I remember being a little upset that, that Adam Cole won that, you know, because Ro- I, I don't think Roderick was ready to lose it yet. And I think had they kept it, and I'm not saying anything bad about, about Adam, but if you kept it on strong a little longer, I think the roles will be reversed with them in WWE right now. Oh, I mean, I think the only thing Roddy was missing that Adam had is the mic skills. I think that's the only thing. I think I think Rod is yeah. better. I uh, say what you want, and Roddy is a some, better wrestler than Adam Cole. I, I was gonna say I'll take yes. heat for it uh, all day long, but I think Roddy's better in the ring than Adam Cole, and that's not a knock on Adam Cole. That's just how highly I think of Roderick Strong. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if anybody can argue with that. Adam Cole is a bigger star right now. Roderick Strong is a better professional wrestler. Adam Cole is a complete package. He's the type of guy that you would be happy to build your company around. He's got a great look to him. He's got great microphone abilities. He's amazing in the ring. But, man, there's not a lot of people that can hold a candle to Roderick Strong in the ring. Absolutely. Moving on to my number three. This is where it gets a little easier for me. My number my, my number two and number my, – my number three and number two, they, they flipped – back and forth a bit but i feel really good about it now they both deserve their spot my number three is the first television champion of all time nice eddie edwards yeah i'm glad he's made the list uh yeah this was he was he he set the bar for it him and davy richard 100 280 days as champion and let me let me bring this up here um see if i can find it sorry um, I have the tournament that he won to win the first television title. Yeah, I was just pulling that this, up myself. This alone cements him to be one of the greats. Because in one night, you need to beat Kevin Steen, 
Kenny, or no, yeah, it was Kenny Steen, Davy Richards, and who else did he beat? Was it a one night tournament? Red Titans. Hey, was it a one night tournament? I thought they spread it out. No, they spread it out over Sinclair. Okay. Or over HD Net. Sorry. Yeah, it was HD Net. You're right. So he he beats. Uh, sorry, Cole Cabana. That's who it was. Cole Cabana, Kevin Steen, and Davey Richards. Three of the biggest names in ROH history to go on to be the first television champion. And he definitely wasn't just a, okay, we're going to put it on, on him until we find somebody better. Because they kept it on him for almost a fucking year. Yeah, no, and Eddie Edwards, and that's another name you want to talk about, underrated guys, man. Eddie Edwards is a triple crown champion in Ring of Honor, world champion, TV Pretty champion, idiot. tag team champions. Yep. American Wolves are one of the greatest tag teams in the history of Ring of Honor. Yeah, 100%. Eddie doesn't get talked about enough. And again, because why? Because he's not in NXT? It's unfortunate. And I'm all right, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'm going to bring it up now. Probably because I'm about seven fucking cottage springs deep. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I, I got, I got, I got, I got a little heated this week when our boy ROH wrestler Dan Housen was on the Conan O'Brien podcast. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. And in the description of, of the podcast, it says star of minor league wrestling organization, ring of honor, blah, blah, blah. And they lost me right there. The fact that they consider ring of honor, I get it. If you're not a fucking wrestling fan, anything that's not WWE is the fucking pits, but to call it minor league drives me nuts. So the fact that Eddie Edwards because he's not over in WWE, he's a fucking, he's at the bottom of the pile. That drives me insane. Because Eddie know Edwards if I is agree one of with, the greatest wrestlers in the world. I don't know if I agree with your, your connections you're trying to do there. And I don't agree with the Conan O'Brien thing either. Listen, even though Conan O'Brien did call it minor league wrestling, that podcast probably gets more views than Ring of Honor or close to it. Not a knock on Ring of Honor. Conan O'Brien's just a major, major celebrity. So the fact that he even interviewed him is putting new eyes on that product because uh, he held his own on that podcast and he got over it and he had Conan in the palm of his hand, which is fantastic. Right. Eddie Edwards, he's got like the, it's like the Kurt Angle effect. I get what you're saying about just because you're not in the WWE. We don't know who you are. Uh, When Kurt Angle (laughs) went to impact wrestling, a lot of people thought he retired and Kurt did some of the best work that he's ever done in impact. Um, Eddie Edward hasn't got to showcase his talent on that major stage like the WWE, but his body of work is fantastic. And even to this day, I'm not a big fan of the gimmick he does now. I, I miss the American Wolf, Eddie Edward. That's yeah, my... I, I don't mind his, his current gimmick, but the but, American Wolf was. Yeah, and, but he's a former Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion, former Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. The guy is top-notch everywhere he goes. Yeah. But yeah, I, you know, he hasn't got to showcase it on that major stage. And I don't know if he ever will. Now this is where I get excited because we're about to talk about some of my favorite wrestlers currently wrestling or wrestling in the last decade. My number two is one of my personal favorite wrestlers, a guy who I was so excited to see live just two years ago. 
when uh, on a night that I wasn't expecting to. We're talking about a man who owes his career to this title, and I truly believe that. I don't think he gets nearly as famous as he is or nearly as successful as he is if he wasn't ROH television champion. We're talking about the villain, Marty Skrull. Number two. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I agree with this one or not. Marty, Marty goes on. Marty won this in, in his debut match, correct? He did. Uh, beating Will Marty, Ospreay, correct? Uh, he, yeah. Now, granted, Marty or uh, uh, Will only had it for two days, which, day, again, in, in itself oh, no, days, was a yeah. huge thing because nobody thought that Will Ospreay was going to lose it so quick, especially not to a fucking rookie. Yeah. Now, Marty was not a rookie, but he was uh, he was new to ROH. So Marty comes in, beats Will, and then it goes on. This is what got him on the radar of New Japan and of the Bullet Club. No TV title, no fucking Bullet Club, man. Um, I, don't I truly know. believe that. I'm not, I don't, I don't know if I would put Marty on my list as the greatest television champions of all time, because truthfully, up until I started researching today, I forgot he had the belt. Um, just, and he called out my ignorance on, uh, I wasn't following Ring of Honor extensively I mean, at that time. It wasn't, it's, but it's, I mean, it's not a long reign. It's only 175 days, but it's significant. It was significant for his career, but I really don't think it was meaningful in the history of the title. All right, I, I don't agree, <laughs> but I am also very biased. I well, yeah. As think Marty's girl is significant in the history of ROH. See, I, uh, I I think that having the belt on Kushida was more important than Marty because Kushida had it in New Japan. It was a different audience for that title. Kushida, that. Was, all, Kushida was the other name fighting between Daniels, Cobb, and... and, and uh, and Dragon Lee for yeah. my numbers. I would have I would have had any of those guys on my list in all honesty over Marty, especially at okay. the number two so spot. You wouldn't even put him in the seven. I don't think I would put Marty in my seven, to wow. be honest. I don't think can I, I would. Be, can I be honest with you? Yeah. You as you know, I always research and I look at other people's lists just to see what other people are saying. Every other list I've seen put Marty at number two. Really, eh? Yeah. Hey, hey listen. I'm not going to sit here and, and say that I'm right on this because I, I was not watching Ring of Honor at this time, but I just don't remember any, like even I, I always Marty's follow. Marty's the reason I started watching Ring of Honor again. Yeah, I always follow the product and I keep up on it. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like a couple of the other guys had a better reign than Marty, but you know, I'll go back and I'll, I'll, I'll do some more research on that before I cast I'll, my final judgment, but I don't I'll know about the, number two. I'll tell a quick sidebar. Uh, you want to know about my Marty's fandom. You just have to talk to Adam, uh, Adam Conta, who I was sitting beside during uh, the Toronto ROH Supercard. And uh, when PJ Black came out and uh, challenged anybody in the back to fight, and then that music hit that, whoo, whoo, holy fuck. You want to see a, a kid mark out? That was me, man. That was insane. I got his autograph that night. I remember. Yeah, I saw that autograph actually. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to surprise anybody here. No, no one is surprised by my number one 
But just get to it. With two reigns, that's a combined title reign of 798 days. That's a 567 uh, day reign and a 231 day reign. Jay fucking lethal. Guy's unreal, man. Guy's unreal. Insane. Now, who beat him? I, I, I saved this. Who beat him both those times to get the title off him? Uh, did, Same did, guy both times. Did Champa not beat him? No, it was Roddy. It was Roddy Strong. Roddy Strong both times. Yeah. Roddy Strong is a is a two-time champion, and both times he beat Jay Lethal. That's insane. That says something about fucking Roddy right there. If you people aren't looking at Roderick Strong, he beat Jay Lethal twice for that championship. That is true, man. And they had a they had some great matches, man. They they really tore the house down a bunch of times. Uh Jay for, Lethal for the world what title was- as well, man. What can we say about Jay Lethal that we didn't say already, uh, you know, earlier in the, in the show? This is just more proof that he's the greatest. I'm going to go ahead and call him the greatest ROH, uh, ROH wrestler ever. And I don't give a fuck who is going to slam me on that. Yes, you can talk about your punks and your Danielsons and your McGinnises and your, and your, your Samoa oh, Joe. No. He's up there, man. Yes, they're all up there. And I'm not taking anything away from any of those guys. But nobody, nobody, nobody in the last 20 fucking years, except for J.M. Mark Briscoe, has put in the fucking work for ROH that that Jay Lethal has. How many combined days was he as television champion? I know you have that written down there, right? 798. Uh, that can go on top of his 707 days combined as Ring of Honor World Champion as well. Which, by the way, he held those titles simultaneously for a long time, and yeah. he was defending both of them on the same show. Sometimes yeah. it wasn't even a question. Uh, home run on home run on that one. I got to say, overall, I'm pretty happy with your list, Mike. I disagree I, a little I'm bit. I'm surprised. I can't say I'm surprised that you didn't want Marty as my number. As my number two, but I'm surprised you didn't want him on the list. Like, I mean, I'm taking a look here, and again, I'm not. I, I can't give my full. Um, uh, I don't want to put my stamp of approval on this because there's a lot of stuff that I wasn't familiar with in this time period, and I don't want to pretend like I, I'm not going to be a smart mark. Oh, I know everything because I don't. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just Christopher Daniels. I was watching at the time. I was really happy. If you want to talk about like significance of a title, I think he really added a lot of credibility to the title. And it was also um, the first singles championship he won in ring of honor. So if you're going for importance on that as well, I think that was kind of a big deal. Um, who else did you have that, that, that I thought might be on there even, and I, I wouldn't put him on my list, but I think he's worth an honorable mention is Ishii from new Japan pro wrestling. Cause I just think when you put a title on a guy, uh, that's in a different country. It adds a lot of credibility to your title. Uh, okay. And and again, Marty was coming on full time there. Ishii was a New Japan established star. Uh, but a name I thought might be on there would be um, either Shane Taylor or Bobby Fish. I thought you were going to have on there. Bobby Fish was another name. I just didn't. Again, that wasn't the era of the, uh, of ROH I was watching enough of. Mm-hmm. I have not watched enough of uh, of Bobby Fish's matches. Yeah. And that's the one thing keeping me from talking about Bobby, Bobby Fish today. 
I, I just Shane, think... Shane Taylor. He, he, I'm not going to take anything away. There's not been any bad TV champions. Um, I'm very surprised that you're talking about Ishii. I think Ishii's at the bottom of the barrel. But I just think from a, uh, adding adding um, credibility to the title, I think he was a good name to put on the to to have as one of your lineage champions. I wouldn't put him on my list. I'm just no. talking about adding um, credibility to a championship. I think the Ring of Honor champion uh, television championship uh, looks good when you look down the list and you see a guy like Ishii and a guy like Kushida, yeah. Kushida on that list. I think yes. it really adds to the lineage of the title. All right. Well, let's take that somewhere else then. Let's talk about Hot Sauce Tracy Williams for a second. Okay. Current Our current champion, champion only at, uh, what, 25, 26 days at this, at, at this point. Yeah, as we're recording this, that's correct. Where where, where do we go from here? Do you see him holding it? Do you see him defending it often? Do you see him um, – do, do you see, you know, the next time we talk about the greatest television champions of all time, do you see us talking about Tracy Williams? Because he nice is part of the foundation, and, and that, to me, is great – material you know what i mean i think if i'm ring of honor he's definitely somebody that i want to be investing in my future with mm-hmm. he's clearly very talented in the ring he, and i haven't seen a lot yeah absolutely him yeah. and red titus i think um i'd like to see him turn heel in the future and break away from the foundation and and Oof. yeah i just i think not I think, for a while not for a while no 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 not yeah. anytime soon okay. you know i want yeah. to see the, the foundation still got a lot left to go but I think when they do, especially start to, now that they're, uh, they're starting up a new feud with uh, what's it called, Violence uh, Unlimited. Yeah, the the Violence by right, Design ripoff. Okay. No, I don't want to talk about it. What is your problem with the name? You don't Why like the they, name, or you or you don't like that it's too close to uh, it's Violence, the exact Violence same by name Design. that Eric Young's doing in Impact Wrestling. Okay, okay. That's, and why that's are these guys together? Do. Why are they together? I don't know. I, I've. I don't want to get into it yet. Again, I'm going to, I'm going to, I haven't seen enough. They haven't done enough on TV yet. They haven't done much. So I'm going to reserve my judgment for it, but I'm I'm not impressed so far with this. Uh, But getting back to my point, I I think that a, a solid heel run by Tracy Williams in the future, I think will really take him to a different level uh, and, and make people look at him a little bit differently other than just another great wrestler. See now, and I'm going the opposite. If I'm, if I'm turning somebody heel, in the next six months, it's going to be Titus. Why don't they go? Why can't they go together? Well, they are a tag team. They are the tag team champions. Um, them feuding with Lethal and Gresham would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think eventually we'll get there with the foundation, and not yet, though. Not yet. They're still no, no. Because the I don't want to see still it. Fresh and they're yeah, still, and, they, and they still I don't think I don't think the heel turn would work right now. Anyways, he needs to be faced for a while. I don't think it would work. It's too soon. That's yeah. that's my take on him. Um, yeah, overall, I think we pretty much nailed all the major champions there. You know, Tommaso Ciampa was a champion, but he didn't really do too much. I really wanted to talk about Ciampa. I really did, but there was not much to talk about. Again, same thing with El Generico. He didn't, uh, he just had a quick okay. Special, special, special uh, uh, mention to, to El Generico only because he won his championship on my 30th birthday. There you go. There you go. I think for me, I would have had Jeff Cobb on the list. I think it's the only big difference I would have had on, on yeah. if I was doing this. Um, who is there anybody else? Like, is Silas Young worth talking about? I'd no, I don't. No. He, he had a good uh, run. Like, oh, he had 70 days. Not bad. 
you know, um, Punishment like, Martinez, Punishment who's now Damian Priest, but he didn't do anything. I, listen, I love me some Damian Priest. I love me some Punishment Martinez. I'm not putting them in anywhere close to best champion list. Just for um, the just for the record, though, on my Jeff Cobb point, he is the sixth longest reigning champion. Uh, yes. So no, I, he had a good long run. I'm putting him there. Didn't, but they didn't throw him anybody. It was it was basically like. 1993 WWF and he's fighting fucking uh, Jeff Smith from fucking Wisconsin every week. Fair, fair. And you know what? You maybe know what to mean? go. Maybe to go to your Marty point. He is the 11th reigning longest champion of all time. So maybe I'm missing out on something there. I'll, I'll look and do it. But I think that's it, man. That puts a bow and, on. And I, and I love me some Jeff Cobb. You know I do. Oh, me too. But that's it. That's my list. Um, once again, uh, you didn't. Get mad that much? I mean, I don't like it, but I don't hate it. It was was there for me. All right, all right. How how close would Christopher Dangles come to be in the list? Um, I I would have probably had him. I would have fought to put him on my number seven. I don't know if he would have made my list, but he. Yeah. But I I think Cobb would have taken out Daniels for me. Is that is that not only because he wished you a happy birthday? Oh, I mean, that was a great gift, by the way. I can't wait to see who you get me this year. June 9th, everybody. I'll hey, be... I'm already planning. Tyler and I's birthday are in the same fucking week. Yeah, so... we, you can send uh, all your yeah. all your cameos to at CountedOuts7 uh, mm-hmm. at gmail.com for both. That's Mike definitely, I'm, I'm thinking that's going to be a tradition for now. Like, it's always going to be a cameo. Well, speaking of traditions, we do have a tradition every week where we have another list and it's my turn to play next week. It is your turn to play next week. What do you What do you want to do, buddy? Well, you know, I figure um, if you guys head over to our YouTube page right now, there is an interview up with the Wildcat, Chris Harris. And uh, we're going to be playing that interview next week on the show for those of you that yeah. have uh, done, that just don't like to do it on YouTube. And Which uh, is a lot of people. I'm going to be honest with you. You and I have been talking about whether or not to move to do more stuff on YouTube. I put up a survey on my personal Facebook page to see what people like audio podcasts or video podcasts and audio is winning fucking 10 to one, man. Now, to be fair, you only have 10 Facebook friends. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, head over and check that out, but we're going to play that interview next week. And I figured, you know what? Chris Harris is a TNA original. So Mm -hmm. why don't we go back to the very beginning of TNA NWA TNA? I'm going to be counting down the top seven moments from the asylum. The TNA Asylum years. Now, before we get into this, I don't know. To, to break kayfabe here, we're, we're running into some really busy weeks. Yeah, I'm moving. So I don't, yeah, you're moving. So I don't know 100% that you're going to be in on the fucking intro next week. We're going to do the list. But whether or not you're on the intro, I don't know. So let's really quickly talk about this. How fucking cool was Chris Harris? Chris Harris was awesome. And I will be on the intro next week because Calendar okay. cannot start unless I go, we are live, pals. Just All like right. it cannot end without you saying this, Mike. Then we will talk about Chris Harris next week. And before I say my patent line, I must give a huge thank you to Carrie Sulkin. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you very much for being part of the show this week. Thank you to ROH for putting on phenomenal wrestling every fucking week. And uh, thank you to Tyler's mom for making me want to be a better person. <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, cheers to y'all. And oh, no, sorry. That's, that's my gimmick, my, bro. That's not my line. That's at my all. gimmick. We've been counted out. Cheers. We've been counted out. No, cheers. That's my gimmick. <laughs>